Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 698 with a review of Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a theater near you. Um, once again, back to the theaters. I think it was something that, that, that we had to do. You know, this film is going to take us everywhere all at once, but I would like to take us back to the year 2016 when the Daniels released a little film called Swiss Army Man, which was a film that uh, us here on the podcast loved a lot. I think that film blew us away. Um, it was yep. my number one film of the year. It was Steven's number four film of the year. And I think that it's safe to say we were rare and ready to go for another film to come out from this pair. What, what were you thinking when the trailer first dropped for this film, Steven? I mean, honestly, for me, the fact that it was the Daniels new movie was the main selling point. When I watched yeah. the trailer, I did not know how to grok what <laughs> the tone of the movie would be. And I think having watched the movie, I understand why that was my um, why, why that was my reaction. But I was I mean, I was stoked on it. It just seemed like I'm so glad that they're back. I'm so glad that they are clearly not sanding down the edges of their uh, their style. And yeah, yeah I was I was super in, excited to watch this movie. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I obviously was super excited just when I knew it was coming out. The trailer hit, and like you, I was kind of like, I'm still excited. I don't know what I just watched. <laughs> this <laughs> seems like the the most ridiculous film I've ever seen, um, but I'm super excited. But that kind of brings me to a follow-up question for you, Stephen. Um, the Daniels make films that, uh, at, from, from the trailer or from the elevator pitch for the film, seem very silly, very, uh, you know, fun, but seem you know, weird, like a film that might right. off-put some people, but they, they tend to, um, and when I say tend to, technically I'm talking about a single film right now, and then potentially I'm talking about the film that we will be reviewing on this uh, podcast, but they tend to actually be very, very deep films that deal with a lot of emotion and a and lot of uh, uh, heavy um, subject matter. And do you think that they are playing in this weird space where the type of people that show up for the uh, farting corpse film might not be the same type of people that will appreciate the actual message and, and stuff of the film, while the people who would love the themes and messages of the films might not show up for a film about a farting corpse or a universe-jumping <laughs> martial arts action drama like... So well, so that is interesting because it requires me to think about a group of people I don't know anything about, which is people who love good movies and are not online. <laughs> <laughs> because the online world loved Swiss Army Man and was talking up how excited they were for this movie to come out. Yeah. So like the the terminally online film people I think, new to buckle in for a Daniels movie. Now, the other 99.9% .9 of people that actually make up box office showings, that is so... It, it's hard for me to know. Um, so, okay, what we're trying to imagine is people who show up for the dumb elevator pitch and then are not happy because it winds up being deeper than that. Because I think... Not necessarily not happy, but like... But they're like, they're like, oh, this is a strange turn for this movie that I thought it was going to. And, and maybe I'm not talking about the people who know what they're getting into. I'm talking about the people who never heard of the Daniels, have no idea mm -hmm. what else they're connected to, and just watch this trailer and be like, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> but I think 
with both Swiss Army Man and everything everywhere all at once, that group of people that watched the trailer and just said, I'm in, are still getting what they paid for. Yeah. And then they might also cry. Um, but I don't <laughs> think... It, it isn't the same as like a bait and switch. You know, it's kind of yeah, a... Yeah. Uh, it's a Trojan horse, right? They're giving you the thing. It's just there's also all these little feelings inside of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I think that version would work fine. Like, I think people who saw the trailer and were like, hell yeah, show me that. Now, the people that I have more trouble imagining are people, maybe we'll say it's like the typical Academy Award voter or something who is like, I saw that movie. It seemed trifling. It isn't the sort of thing that I would be into. And they probably are losing that crowd. You know, they they probably are losing the like casually snobby moviegoer. The, The person, the same kind of person who like, a month ago, if I said, oh, you know, Pig was really good, they'd be like, oh, really? I thought that was a ridiculous Nick Cage movie about, like, revenge for a truffle pig. You know, people who just don't, they're not in the, quote, discourse. Like, they definitely yeah. exist out there, and they are missing out on these, like, subtly brilliant films that are specifically not built for that uh, brilliant aspect. Yeah. But I don't know. I I think finding like a buried treasure is part of the charm of these movies. And I feel like they maybe aren't being made with the box office strictly in mind. Um, (laughs) So yes to one half. I I think the really discerning, maybe snooty film goer is missing out on what would be great. But that's true with a lot of poppy things that they're probably missing out on because they don't, you know, pay more attention. Um, I think the way they can lure people who weren't wanting something great is a pro. So I think they get the good, maybe they get the bad too, but it probably evens out mostly in the end. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely people that I could, I could imagine being weirded out by this movie or not fully having fun at the beginning sections and then getting to then and be like, Oh my God, that was very, very interesting. Um, and I'm (laughs) trying to like imagine the pitch for those folks to be able to see this film and just give it the chance so they can make it through to the end. Yeah. Assuming that it's worth it. We don't know. We haven't got to the review part yet. <laughs> yeah. I I think the pitch would be, assuming we both like it, which we have no idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> the pitch that I imagine would work if you wanted to make it is whatever you think you're going to watch, discard it and go see this movie. Right. Like that's yeah. kind of the mentality that people have to go into this with is like just buckle in, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know who the target demographic is, but you are in it somehow. <laughs> At least in one of the multi, of in you. one of the universes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> one of you is going to be very into this movie. Yeah. Um all right. Well, it's time Stephen to figure out if either of us was very into this film. Um, yep. you know, if people haven't guessed already. <laughs> Sure. Uh, but what do you say we start by listening to the trailer for Everything Everywhere All at Once and then we come back and give folks a review? Let's do it. This is Wang. This is Wang. Mrs. Wang, are you with us? I am paying attention. Now you may only see a pile of receipts, but I see a story. <laughs> can see where this story is going. It does not look good. What's happening? Evelyn, I'm not your husband. 
from another version of one from another universe. I'm here because we need your help. Very busy today. Uh, no time to help you. Across the multiverse, I've seen thousands of Evelyns. You can access all their memories, their emotions, even their skills. There's a great evil spreading throughout the many verses. And you may be your only chance of stopping it. Don't make me fight you. I am really good. I don't believe you. It's really good. He's waiting in the wings. The universe. He speaks of senseless things. Is so much bigger than you realize. Of all the places I could be, I just want to be shield with you. Remember our mission concerning the fate of every single world of our infinite multiverse. There is no way I am the Evelyn you are looking for. Every rejection, every disappointment has led you here to this moment. Don't let anything distract you from it. All right, move over, Doctor Strange. There is a new multiverse of madness. Hell yeah. And uh, it's this film, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just read the description from IMDb. Uh, It says here, an aging Chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure where she alone can save the world by exploring the other universes connecting with the lives that she could have led. Stephen Miller, what did you think of Everything, Everywhere, All at Once? Uh, this movie was incredible. This movie kicked ass. Uh, th- this movie was everything, everywhere, all at once. It, th- this was so much movie. I'm very glad that I journeyed out to theaters to watch this rather than waiting for it to be available on streaming. Yeah. Because I think seeing it on a big screen with the energy of a live audience, you know, even with buffer seats making me not feel their energy quite as much, um, is... I'm not going to say critical because I think this movie would work in any context, but it is so much of what the movie is trying to tap into. Um, it's just the the over the topness of everything. <laughs> um, yeah. This is a movie that I, I would say, you know, Swiss Army Man, I think, was a Trojan horse about being about very deep things and having surprising kind of heartfelt moments in a way that you wouldn't have expected from the farting corpse movie this movie it is sort of but i would say this movie is much more just making good on the promise the trailer gives you this movie is everything it veers into so many different feelings so many different times some of them are deeply emotional some of them are very 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 silly some of them are legitimately fun action set pieces like this is movie is just doing everything i don't think there is a narrative of this movie that says wait you think it's about x but it's actually 
Y. Like, this is about X and Y and Z and everything else. Yeah. Like, th this movie is just so much stuff. Um, I, I think, like, the core idea of the movie, there, it's twofold, and maybe in spoilers we'll get into it a little bit more. One is the idea of, like, the path not chosen. You know, what other routes could my life have lived? Why do I feel so unhappy in my current situation? How might things be different if I had done something else? Um, and in that sense, for a few reasons, it actually reminded me of a movie by another filmmaker we're going to talk about tonight. <laughs> Charlotte McDowell's The One I Love, because it, it does get into relationships a bit, too, of like, what do we mean to each other? What do we look for in each other? What are we settling for? And how do we kind of build each other up? Um, but it's also about how hard it is to be a young person. And I think this would pair so well with Bo Burnham's Inside from last year in terms of the idea of what do you do with a world that tries to interest you in everything all the time? You know, when you want to cram it all into a baked good of some sort and just like, <laughs> how do you take in all the information of the world, all the like the tragedy and the highs and the silliness? How do you train your eye on one thing for long enough to commit to it? And how can you just like live life knowing about all these grand things that, inherently dwarf whatever you're feeling right now um th i think that is what the movie emotionally is about and the only way it could do that idea justice is by being this extremely scatterbrained visually ridiculous movie that jumps through every possible thing to try to overwhelm you with like here is life <laughs> you know yeah. here's like the tree of life on like ultra fast forward it's just like <laughs> here's all the universe take it do what you want um and i i loved it i i thought it was great and it was it was not as easy to swallow as swiss army man like i think swiss army man once you're in you get the pathos pretty easily, you know, like it, it isn't beating around the bush. It is giving you the heartfelt moments. You know what they like big tear jerky scenes are. You get what it is trying to say. It's a linear narrative, you know, like it, it is a surprise, but it's a linear narrative. This yeah. movie is like pummeling you with all different things at all levels of like the filmmaking style changes so much in this movie. You know, sometimes it feels like a wacky B movie or like a viral video or something that a person made, you know, yeah. at home. And sometimes it feels like an amazing action film. And sometimes it is literally homaging movies. Like uh, there's an homage to the mood for love in this future where uh, I, I won't spoil it. Um, there's an homage to 2001 A Space Odyssey. There are like different <laughs> styles of animation being used in this movie. There are, this movie is every genre and every every filmmaking technique and it is so much when I got home I couldn't tell Joanna like oh this movie was amazing because it did this I was just like that movie was insane <laughs> like, yeah. it, like it's the only thing to say about um about a movie like that the last thing I wanted to say before throwing it to you is in the early section you talked about the kind of the pattern of the daniels filmmaking and i want to add one more movie in between that we saw which half of the daniels directed uh the yeah. death of dick long daniel scheinart and between all three of those the thing that sticks out to me is they take a joke they put the punchline at the very beginning and then they just make you live with all the ramifications of the joke until it has like twisted and turned and become 
something completely unlike the setup and punchline. Yeah. Um, I feel like that is what they do. It's like, uh, I think you should leave sketch if I think you should leave made you cry at the end. <laughs> like, like it's, a, it's just like, let's keep rolling. Let's live in this universe with the rules that we have set up and see what it means to be a human being. Um, and I think for me, Shine Art is three for three. The Daniels as a whole are two for two. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I I love this movie and yeah, I can't wait to see what they do next. Yeah, um, I, I thought this uh, film was fantastic. Um, I, as we talked about before we got into the episode, I didn't know what to expect when I was going in. I obviously had excitement and anticipation that what I was going to see was going to wow me in some way, but I had no idea what I was about to get into. <laughs> and and yeah, like this idea of this this film being everything, like the like we we've mentioned it offhandly handedly, but when we were, when you were talking about all the things that this film is, like you didn't talk about how it's it's just a sci-fi film, right? <laughs> Which involves universe jumping. But it's like as you said, it uses this premise to build off bigger ideas. And then once it's done building those ideas, it then just ripples itself back um through almost like a time travel movie where it's like it's now making you recontextualize everything through the more emotional arc that you get when you understand the central metaphor for everything like generally when we uh walk watch films that talk about uh regret and emotions related to maybe not achieving the life that you thought you would have had you know we might see one alternate version um, but what this film does is tries to connect it to where this is you know this is the the quilted multiverse uh theory Mm -hmm. and it's basically talking about how like there's just infinite versions of you that have made all the other choices that you could have made and now it's weighing those against each other trying to figure out what would her life been have been like if she had been on any of these other paths but then because it's a sci-fi movie which involves the ability to do this verse jumping thing which can work in two directions you can either pull the memories and skills from another dimension into yours to use them in the moment or you can jump to another dimension transporting your consciousness into that dimension to exist there for a little while and the way it plays with this and allows the character to reflect on her life throughout all the different possibilities and permutations of what it could have been and how that's taken in to play in the environment that the scene requires or play in the emotional uh, relationships that she is trying to play in. It's just, it, it just feels so brilliant and it, it, it's yeah. so fun. And like each of those moments, if you remove all the other genres that it's playing in, the individual moment works perfectly on its own. And it's kind of like, this is like, uh, you know, an Edgar Wright film on steroids <clears throat> where it's like, it's just overlapping itself. Like the inception of an Edgar Wright type of film, like it's, it's doing that much stuff on top of itself. And I, I, I just, I was floored by it. And it's like, as it went on, the more it went on, the more excited I became. And it's like, it does overload you a little bit. Like as you said, it literally yeah. is everything, everywhere, all at once. And it's kind of like, oh my God. And like... When you when you brought up the the reference to 2001 Space Odyssey, like it was as though I was seeing it for the first time in my memory. Uh-huh. It was like there was so much happening in this film. I almost <laughs> didn't remember that moment. And then as soon as you said it, I could like picture <laughs> I could picture exactly what's <laughs> so happening good. in that scene. And it's and it's brilliant. All these jokes are brilliant. And, and one of the things that I love is like a good complicated uh, comedic sketch is you know there's a joke. There are jokes sprinkled throughout this entire film. Film's like two and a half hours long or something like that. Um, And there are jokes that are sprinkled in in the beginning, which seem like 
not duds, but just okay jokes. And right. when those pay off, they hit so hard that yeah. <laughs> that it's like it's the only time where I almost wish I was at home alone watching it because then I could pause it, regain my composure, and then start it again. This is a film where I feel like it's going to reward uh, repeat viewings so you can go back and follow the sci-fi beats, follow the other homages that I'm sure we missed all over the place, follow the yeah. emotional beats, follow the mechanics of what's going on. And I, and I think that there, there's just so much that this film offers. And by the end, like I was, I was happy that I had a mask on because nobody could see all the snot running down my face underneath my mask. <laughs> uh, because like this, this, this film has such weight and heaviness to it. And that's the thing too, is like some of the jokes are at the expense of uh, Evelyn, the main character. Right. And Michelle Yeoh's character. Yeah, yeah. And and when when those jokes hit, it's like funny the way the world sees her as this nothing. But then as her self-reflection on the nothing that she is begins to c come more and more like forward in the story, it begins to make those jokes that you were laughing at a moment ago feel so much more tragic and then right. as those things like sort of manifest more and more in the environment it just like the weight of everything gets bigger and bigger and bigger <laughs> the gravitational yeah. pull if you will of the object that is the regret that she has becomes this mm -hmm. force that it's like oh it's no longer funny but there's also funniness still happening the whole time and it's like oh this, this film is doing yeah. so much it is the wildest movie i've probably ever seen and yet it's one of like the most emotionally resonant films that I've seen in a long time. And it's kind of, it's, it's hard to believe how much is packed in. And it's, it's kind of like, I, I, I wish I like, I want to go back and watch it again. Um, and when it comes out, I'm definitely going to pre-order on iTunes as soon as it's available. Um, so that I can watch this multiple times in the future. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I thought this film was incredible. Absolutely. Like even you just talking about it makes me, it is so, again, Spasari Man, I know what it was about. Granted, it was about what it means to be alive, <laughs> which yeah. is a kind of big thing. This movie is both about what it means to be alive right now and also about a ton of specific things you know i think there's a lot there about like uh living in an immigrant family and the expectations and the feelings of like what what you could have done and what do you need to make good on for you know your children um this is a movie again about young people and the pressures that they face just living in a like media saturated world it's a movie about love and romance and how two people can complete each other it's like it is a movie about so many different things. I feel like I need to watch it another time just to like tune out all the references and the big laugh moments and like key in on the thematic things that it's trying to say. Cause it was so overwhelming <laughs> in, in yeah. the moment. Like I, I remember having the same reaction as you. Like uh, it definitely got a little misty in the theater and I don't even remember what the trigger for it was because <laughs> there were so many possible things in hindsight that could have been it. And yeah. it was just the, uh, the like overwhelmingness of it. And another movie that I kind of wanted to compare it to is the Lego movie actually. Um, <laughs> now I, I think this, I, I will say, I think this is better than the Lego movie. Like I like the yeah. Lego movie a lot. I think and, this and, is better. And there are some obvious comparisons too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like, definitely. Like this film might have a special. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's true. There are, there are a lot of comparisons here. Um, yeah, yeah. But like the, the Lego movie in general was about that same kind of manic, 
over-the-top energy, and once you tap into the rhythm of it, then you start feeling all the emotional things that are betrayed by the mania. And it's kind of like, this is how much we have to keep moving just in order to express what it feels like to be a person. Yeah. Um, this movie does that in a thousand dimensions at the same time, <laughs> which is just like yeah. mind-blowing. Um, yeah, I loved everyone in the movie like michelle Yeoh, i think does an amazing job here uh the daughter is played by stephanie shu who i had never seen her in anything before but i think she gets such a juicy role that i think only in spoilers can we really talk about yeah, yeah. um the the husband played by ki hoi kwan he i thought was like a, another one of those characters where like you see him as one thing at the beginning of the movie and then the layers that he reveals throughout the movie are just really 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 well done to yeah. me the big surprise of the movie was jamie lee curtis oh like, yeah for sure. she has definitely done i looked in her you know imdb afterwards and she's for sure done comedies and wacky movies before um but something about the degree to which she just goes for it in this yeah. movie felt unlike anything i had seen before yeah. um, <laughs> there's so a good. scene with a stapler in particular that i just like keep thinking about <laughs> For how much she commits to the band. <laughs> that, so, so that's that's one of the uh, um, that's one of the things that like that's one of the reasons I want to rewatch this film is is to dive in on the mechanics of verse jumping right. um, because there are times where you have to do something weird to activate the connection to the other ones, and there are some times where you have to do something uncomfortable or painful. <laughs> yeah, well, I think there. Are, I think they're one and the same. What I don't understand, and maybe in spoilers we can talk about it a little bit, yeah. is at the beginning it seems like you need to do a very specific thing to take the route that you mean to take. Yeah. And in another time it seems like all bets are off and all you have to do is put yourself out of your comfort zone and then you can kind of control the direction that you're slingshotting toward. And I couldn't tell if that was just a expedience that they decided to no longer show us an earpiece being involved or if it is about becoming the one kind of and mastering this, uh, this multiverse jumping capability. Yeah, I mean, and we'll, we'll, yeah, let's let's get. Into I said that avoid one. spoilers, and I just kind of talked about the whole mechanism, but nobody is going to know what the <laughs> fuck I'm talking about if they haven't seen this movie. the 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 ironic thing is 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 the 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 electronic device which you referenced. Um, they 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 kind of don't exist anymore. Um, mm. So it's funny that this film involves a futuristic method of travel which uses retro electronic devices which yep. to 50% of the audience watching this film will feel totally futuristic <laughs> because nobody knows what the fuck those are right like it's kind right. of funny to, like it, it's the perfect uh it's the perfect concept for using a real life object to communicate futuristic thing because they're like we almost don't have an analog. Like yes, we have Bluetooth devices, but like we don't have anything that is directly analog to that because it's, everybody just has headphones now, and and that's what everybody uses for everything. So yeah, I, I thought that was kind yeah, of a, a nice touch. I feel like this movie and Severance are both doing this thing of using kind of retro technology in a futuristic sci-fi way, and I, it, it is a really interesting combination. I don't I don't really know what it is that makes it a little bit more off-putting it, it kind of gets you ready for the world to have undefined rules i think it, it yeah. puts you in the mindset of like okay well i don't understand the universe at all so now you can do whatever you want to me <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the only other non-spoilery thought 
I had is I feel like this is sort of the anti after Yang. <laughs> um, <laughs> Like, like both in terms of its approach to sci-fi, right? And, and I thought After Yang was also like a lovely movie. Um, but b- first of all, both of these are kind of about how do you express the sum of a life, you know, in little yep. snippets. Like what, what does it mean to be a person if you try to like abstract away all the, all, all the actual narrative thread and just focus on little details? Um, but also stylistically, this is like, you know, uh, Koganada is very much precious and quiet, and here's how technology harmonizes with nature. And this yeah. movie is just like smashing everything on the wall and saying, like, here, let me overload you with possibilities, and you can draw the kind of quiet, contemplative conclusion you want in your heart while yeah. chaos is happening in front of you. Um, and both also kind of seem to comment on like the Asian American experience too. So I, I felt like there were a bunch of things there that they would be kind of interesting to watch yeah. them in, in I, parallel and see what they're saying. I, I preemptive, preemptively laughed very hard when you made the comparison. And then the second you started talking, I was like, no, yeah, it totally makes sense. Like I'm picturing, yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing verse jumping is the equivalent of the memory watching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's uh, I think there's a, there's a lot of comparisons you can make there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Good fucking movie. Yeah. Um, let's see. Is there anything else we can talk about that doesn't require spoilers? Um, yeah, I think, I think, I think not. This is, this is a, this is a great film and, uh, whatever you're expecting, you're not expecting enough (laughs) when you go to see it. Yeah. All right. Okay. My my last question, which is spoilery, but no one will know why. I didn't look at the Alamo menu um, to see if there was a special or not. Did they have a bagel? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do not know because um, I pre-purchased my food when I ordered the ticket through the app and they don't seem to program in the special menus, probably because I I assume they're regional or something. Um, So unfortunately, I have not partaken in any of the special menus for Spider-Man or other related things. So I didn't see if there's anything special for this film. Um, But I definitely wanted googly eyes available on whatever I ordered and they weren't. I'm sure if you saw it like Thursday night or uh, last week. So a couple things we should mention is we saw this at Alamo Drafthouse. Uh, This film is currently in limited release. Um, it goes fully wide, at least according to Wikipedia, on the 8th of April. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's probably available if you live in a major city. Uh, but they also, Alamo also ran a early screening last Thursday um, or the previous, the week before we saw it. <laughs> they had ran, they had run um, one night of screening. So I bet you the people in those seats got googly eyes. Yeah, um, I think I, I should know the mechanism, but I feel like there's something where Draft House and the organizers of South by Southwest have some kind of link and they sometimes get movies early because gotcha. I feel like this has been true in previous years, too. Yeah. And and that's also should be mentioned. This just premiered at South by Southwest like the week yeah. before <laughs> that. <laughs> All right. Well, Stephen, um, we're going to do spoilers, but for now, let's go ahead and let people know what they probably already know, which is if you were going to give this a must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or must-avoid, what would you give it? I'm going to give it all the ratings at once. Um, but we'll <laughs> round it up to a must-see. All the ratings plus salt. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, yeah, I'm going to give it a must-see as well. Uh, as we said, this film was fantastic, and it was uh, awesome. So we're going to do the pre-spoiler closeout right now. So, Stephen Miller, people want to find you throughout the week. Where can they do that? People can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning, or Instagram.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will be a, a track selected from artist.io, so hopefully you're enjoying that that music is going to fade up when that music fades out we'll be reverse jumping over to another dimension where it's all spoilers all the time and uh you better watch out because uh if you're not ready for it they're they're gonna be there (laughs) so here we go We were back. This is spoiler territory. It's the after part of our review of everything, everywhere, all at once. Full-blown spoilers coming you way, your way. You should go see this film if you haven't already, uh, because we're going to spoil plot beats, uh, gags that we probably really <laughs> enjoyed, and uh, all kinds of stuff. So go see the film, come back, and uh, we're going to have the conversation starting uh, now. So, uh, yeah. So what do you want? Do uh, you want to hit plot type stuff before we just start? yeah i mean it's just gonna devolve into us saying hot dog fingers so let's start with um okay so the the mechanism we'll just start there because i was kind of banking on you clocking the mechanism better than i did um it, it seems like so the first thing we see is her her first jump is to a closet which we later learn is a closet in a different dimension uh and she is having a conversation with her parallel universe husband in that closet while she is also sitting in real time listening to this uh you know discussion with jamie lee curtis about her taxes and that establishes that time kind of runs in parallel in both of these dimensions at the same uh, you know at the same speed then we see the ability to pull skills learned from the other person that you jump to I already don't know how that mechanism is supposed to work at all. (laughs) Um, And then I also don't know, there's a specific task that she does to jump at the beginning. And she's being coached by people of like, think about where you want to go. Okay, here's the thing that will slingshot you there. And then that kind of goes out the window about, I don't know, 30 minutes into the time jumping premise. And I, I don't know why. So I don't think it technically goes out the window. She is not... Because they keep saying like, okay, now we up oh, oh, now she's just jumping. Like she yep. is not waiting for the instruction that would help her do the jump correctly. So it's right. not that the film is ejecting the process. She is ejecting the process because mm-hmm. she is just like either scared in the moment or trying to get out of a situation. So she just starts jumping like indiscriminately, not knowing where she's going to land. But but yeah, let's talk yep. about the sling the slingshot uh, uh, functionality of <laughs> whatever we want to call it first. That was the thing that was like, it, it's it's like 10 seconds of exposition that's thrown in the middle of like a chase. And it's like, man, right. I so much want to play around in this space and I just want to know more. Yeah. But it's like, the funny thing is, so 
it's a bunch of branching interconnected universes. Each one exists on this spider web or branch system based on how divergent it is from the universe that you're in now. So like uh, you know, like the Enterprise flying around the sun to launch backwards in time, what you do is you find a close branch approximation on a tree on a part of the tree that will eventually arrive at the place that you want to go, and you make you form some sort of connection to there in a way that slingshots you down the branch. Uh, so it's like you need the momentum of doing the close jump and then you just continue through it and arrive at the final jump. And that's this like this weird slingshot mechanic, which sounds dope. <laughs> I don't know how much it makes sense, but I'm like 100 percent on board with the idea of this. Like, No, I, I love it. I mean, it, it retroactively tells us that uh, Natalie Portman in Garden State was jumping every time she tried to do a thing that's never been done before. <laughs> But it's 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 just it's a, it's a super it's a super cool uh, premise and idea. But yeah, I, I love I love so there there is this uh, there's this comic book series that I never read. They tried to adapt it into a television series, um, which they shot a pilot for, and then I think it never got picked up. Um, but it was called the Global Frequency, and the idea was that there are experts in the world who are the best uh, at the one thing. You know, maybe it's nuclear physics, maybe it's gymnastics, maybe it's plumbing, maybe it's whatever, right? And P this organization called the Global Frequency will seek them out, hand them a phone. They are supposed to keep that phone on them at all times. And let's say there's like a Mission Impossible style plot that is happening in the world somewhere that's threatening the existence of the world. Uh, and they need a plumber. <laughs> the, the plumber with the phone, it rings and they say, hello, you're connected to the Global Frequency. We need you, right? I'm probably bastardizing this. I, wa I downloaded the pilot after the show was never picked up. So that's just what I remember of it. This multi-universe theory operates in that same thing, right? Where it's like, okay, I'm in this situation. I need you to do this one thing. I could call Tank and have him download pilot skills to me so that I can fly a helicopter. But instead, you just find how many jumps it takes to find a version of you in an alternate reality that does that thing, whether it's professionally or as a hobby or whatever. And then you connect to it and you make that jump one direction so that you can borrow those skills so you can do it. Like It's, it's like literally, it's wish fulfillment of I wish I would have picked up the skill. But it's like a version of you would have because mathematically in this infinite world of possibilities where time is all progressing in the same direction, but you made different choices throughout your life, you are still you. You could have made the other choice, which is to go to flight school instead of you know going into computer science. And now you can just fly a plane because there was a version of you that did that, right? Like yeah. it's such a... Yeah, now, <laughs> one, one interesting thing that you just said there is you're jumping to different choices you made. Yeah. And clearly, the mechanics allow you to jump into more universes than just ones controlled by the choice that you made. And that is like an interesting twist around the time it goes from part one, everything to part two, everywhere. <laughs> um, which, <laughs> well, it, the universe that is where is, my mind kind of explodes. Yeah. So, so the universe isn't controlled by your choices, but you... Right had infinite choices to make so you could have made different choices so the universe mm. is the universe it is the way it is but it all formed the same way our universe formed and it's on the same trajectory all the universes that survived this version of this reality um exist on the same plane so everybody still exists in all those realities i guess theoretically some of you could have died um different right. places and and whatever but essentially there is a version of you who could be identical to you but is is just 
left-handed instead of right-handed or right-handed instead of left-handed right like it's just everything could be actually identical you have the same job everything's but there's this one little thing that's different like maybe hot dog fingers (laughs) god i love hot dog fingers and i love i loved when i realized what skill it gave her (laughs) (laughs) it is that that's that's the type of thing that makes this freaking film so genius is it's not just here's a funny gag it's like all right this is the funny gag. It's a reality in which everybody has hot dog fingers. And it's like, but how would we survive in a world where we had hot dog fingers? What type of skills might humans evolve to have in a better like playing way? playing piano with their feet. <laughs> it's just so great. And I love the other bits too, where it's like, okay, so we did the intelligent extrapolation of where that goes to. What's like the silly fart humor version of where that goes to? And it turns to like, all your hot dogs fingers just excrete mustard or ketchup. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, just like weirdly sexualized mouth play. <laughs> squirting. I just I I hope I'm remembering correctly. I feel like she uses that to get out of handcuffs. <laughs> like she is her her current self has learned the skill of <laughs> having a more like bendable hand. <laughs> oh, oh man, I don't. Uh, that's also where the 2001 thing comes from is the, yeah, the ape with hot dog fingers <laughs> beating. that was so good all right so now i have a, a philosophic question for you yes um who are you as a soul what makes you you and what doesn't and what i mean by that is let's say there is a world where your mother never even met your father because you were both rocks, for instance. Um, <laughs> do you still exist? <laughs> um, well, the, the you, the, the they mm-hmm. <laughs> exist because they are, na- they are like, they became Neo. They're the one, okay, right? They, they transcended and that's why they're in every universe. Yeah, like, like they basically, because even, even in that scene when they become rocks, and they're like, oh, no, you're here, too. <laughs> oh, such a good gag. And the best part about that is it's like incredibly emotional and just cuts to dead silence. No sound, no music, mm-hmm. just two rocks and text on the screen. And you get that like uncomfortable giggle after having just been crying. Yeah. We're like, we're all no, we're all having fun. Right. No one's sad. <laughs> Oh, that moment was so great. I loved it. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean that, that whole sequence, and especially toward the end, probably when I really started crying was a montage of how she will, like, chase her daughter in all possible universes, you know, like, she's yeah. her mom, she's always going to come back for her. And, like, part of that is, like, the rock falling and then the other one going in to go after her. <laughs> and it's, like, the ability to make a visual gag of, like, a a stop motion or whatever rock falling off a cliff being like an emotional heartstring tugging moment. It's just like, I want to believe the whole movie. They just had that in mind and they were like, how can we invent a movie where this will work? (laughs) How can we invent a movie where a rock falling is going to make people cry? (laughs) Um, and, And that whole, every time it cuts to the rocks, I think that is the most close this gets to Swiss army man in the, uh, Paul Dano explaining to Daniel Radcliffe about what it means to be a human and what it means to live and die and things like that is this is just like we are going to talk about cosmic things um, 
directly. And yeah, that, that worked for me. I, I don't know why that just felt like the most Swiss army man part of the whole thing. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it, like, it's interesting because like, you know, that, that allegory of, or the, 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 the visuals of the rock, like it, especially given the context, it feels very like suicide metaphor in, in mm-hmm. that moment. And like watching these two people struggle over this feeling of not being able to connect to where you are and wanting to escape it all. And like, not like you're literally in a universe where there's only you and one other person and not being able to reach out to that one person to feel grounded in your space and wanting to leave that. Like there's just so many nested weighted feelings in, in the shot that you're looking at. That is two rocks on the edge of a cliff with googly eyes that it's it, like, it's just, it's hard to not like feel the actual, even though what you're watching is absurd, it still plays a hundred percent authentic. Like there's, there's no better way to visualize it than that because you're stripping away all the artifice of the artistic way to do it. Uh, and like blending the artistic with the re- real. And when you throw all that away and you just have two rocks, it's like there's nothing left but to just feel it. Yeah. <laughs> At least that's how I felt it. No, yeah, I, I agree. I felt the same. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I don't I don't even know what else to reference. There are too many, there are too many moments in the movie. Yeah. Do- uh, I loved the the layup this might be one of those jokes you were referring to of the uh the thing that looks like it could be a a butt plug or a dildo or something like that on (laughs) the desk and that in the moment is already like a funny just like ha 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 i saw that that's weird isn't that funny and then later when you realize what (laughs) what is about to happen oh yeah it's great i mean yeah so there's two funny jokes like first of all that one is already an amazing joke. Like the idea right. that the award for being the best auditor at the IRS is to get a literal butt plug <laughs> on <Yeah>. a pedestal. <laughs> that is a just chef's kiss. Perfect joke. That is amazing. It's already hilarious. It does everything it needs to do. But mm-hmm. then the fight scene where two guys are trying to sit on the butt plug so that they can verse jump to get the fighting skills. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Evelyn is trying to move it away. It's like in a normal action film, it would be a gun that everybody is fighting over. Of course. And like, you know, Jackie Chan is whipping it around and like pulling it apart and throwing it at people. (laughs) But instead, it's just a butt plug. And when the one, the the alpha jumper or whatever the the person's uh, IMDb credit is, when he just comes in full spread eagle slow-mo flying through the air (laughs) and the land with a thud and the dust (laughs) coming up on the sides. Of course. The seriousness of it. And then... Going back to this idea that Daniel's like drag out a joke way past the punchline and just keep going. Yeah. Um, then he's fighting with like the butt plug sticking out of him for like a while after that, you know? Yeah, and yeah. here's where I will say the mechanics of time jumping kind of get violated because it seems like her pulling it out of him makes his powers go away, which <laughs> I, isn't. hadn't been the rule <laughs> i mean there it, there is a level of concentration that you have to have and i think that's so that's what i was saying that's the thing i was getting confused about so, uh, so going back to to verse jumping one thing is you pull skills to you and you use you borrow them in your current place the other one is you jump to another location we've seen i don't know if it's just this universe that you have to do something weird um, which is like eat a tube of chapstick or, <laughs> or do something weird like that. And other times you have to do something that is, uh, we'll say uncomfortable, <laughs> which is jump, jump off a desk and land <laughs> right on a butt plug or, um, 
or to uh to cut between all your fingers with a piece of paper um to make those connections and it does feel like there's a level of concentration or thoughts that you have to maintain throughout it like there's a concentration right like you are you're tapping into the force but in this case the force is ridiculousness um and getting hit too hard or having that connection broken can make that connection sever so i i I buy that pulling out the butt plug uh could (laughs) could disconnect you from that universe okay maybe i'll I'll take it (laughs) I did like the chapstick, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. I also, yeah. So, so, so the other joke that I that I really really loved uh, was the, the raccoonie. Um, oh, raccoonie! God, it, that was good. It starts as like a dumb joke, joke, right? Like Evelyn doesn't know that it's ratatouille. The family's laughing at her for not knowing what it is, and she's like, "No, it's raccoonie. I know it is." And then just the cut where she. She like goes to a universe where she works at like a Benihana or something mm-hmm. and her rival chef, she comes into the kitchen and he's got a raccoon on his head controlling him. It's so good. And then, but then that was also in the montage later on when she is like realizing that she is just wanting to like love everyone and help them achieve their yeah. goal. And she's like carrying him on her back chasing <laughs> well, after raccoon. Well, first, first she goes on his back right and yeah. then and then he's like he, all all he wants is to be controlled by somebody through his hair <laughs> so she gets on his shoulders and does the controlling but then he's too tired so they swap <laughs> yeah raccoon is great and it, it's great not in spite of, but because of how fake the raccoon looks. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like the, like the goofiness, again, of the different genres that this movie is willing to jump between. It's like every universe is governed by a completely different film aesthetic. Yeah. Um, and I, I found that very enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's pretty great. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, should we talk about the, the bagel, the everything bagel? <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, I, I, I love just the way it's introduced. Like, it's just like this. First of all, there's all the references, like her circling the mm. the thingamajigger the, on, on the receipt, circling it with a circle and like all these different like allusions to this circle void thing. And then it turns out that it's literally an everything bagel. Like the metaphor for this film is an everything bagel where yep. she where, where the daughter took all of the sorrow and the pain and everything and put it all together and added salt <laughs> and poppy seeds and all this stuff and created this one thing that is the epitome of all that is wrong with everything yeah it just becomes this thing that people in her universe worship and let it control who they are like oh so good well i love it and and to me it's like it's the black hole of the internet it's like the the thing that will always take all of your attention and that will make anything you could possibly care about pale in comparison. Yeah. Um, and I love that that is all a, a fucking pun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it took me way too long at, to like, even when I had seen the circles, she was describing it. Even when I saw a bagel, it took me a minute to be like, everything bagel <laughs> i don't know i like my brain wouldn't accept that this was all a joke to that yeah. degree yeah and that's the funny thing too it, it, it's it's the the most jokey joke it's like the simplest joke but it also works in what it's rep- like it, it's it's just on that edge of being too too ridiculous for you to accept it but because they've built everything towards that moment it's you're just like slow clap this is this is fucking amazing (laughs) yeah 
I love the bagel. <laughs> I still think hot dog fingers was my single favorite uh, gag in the movie, just because of the the audacity of how long they spend in that universe, and then making that also be a universe where she's in a relationship with Jamie Lee Curtis's yeah. character. Well, that, like that is what makes me think there is a read of this movie where it is all the kind of. ADHD adult daydreaming of a woman who doesn't want to finish her taxes. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the wizard of Oz where she is like bringing all these people into these fantasy other universes with her, not because they exist, but because it is where she is jumping through in her head, trying to think about all the different lives she could be living other than being audited in this moment. Well, yeah. yeah. So there, there, there's a moment in this film where she she has found out that her daughter is the big bad that they're looking for, right? The daughter is the, uh, the what, what's the villain in, in Looper called? Like the Rainmaker or something like that. Um, uh, I totally forget what it is now, but it's something like that. It has to do with rain, I feel. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, uh, she has found, found out that her daughter is the big bad and everybody is trying to stop the daughter somehow and she's potentially the one that can stop her. And there's a moment where she feels like she might need to just... She, she has, she has trapped a version of her daughter who is theoretically not the actual bad one, but could at any moment become the bad one. And mm -hmm. she is being told to slit her throat and end her in this reality. So even though the, the bad, bad daughter, I keep forgetting the name of that character, uh, but, but uh, Jobu Tapaki. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think they make a joke of saying it differently every time for most of the movies. So I, but I, that is what the internet thinks the character name is. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but like, it, you know, that the actual big bad can jump without needing a host body in that universe to it, to, to inhabit. Um, but, but there, the idea is like kill your daughter. So that's one, one less unit of power she has in this multiverse world. And mm -hmm. for a second, I was like, is this film just going to be, just straight dark and this is a woman who is like having just a nervous her killing her daughter over and over again in the montage <laughs> no not that but like I, I was worried that it was going to be a, a woman who had a psychotic break who is like just just she is the one who is not in our reality and she mm. is taking actions thinking that it's okay because we're all in this multiverse and i got a little bit scared for a, for a while about like where is this film going what is happening right now I'm worried. Um, yeah. But obviously she, she makes a different turn for herself. Uh, but, but yeah, it, it was definitely there. I, I was wondering if there was a reading of this film that it was all in her head. But by the time we reached the ending, I'm like fully on board with no, this is really happening for everyone. <laughs> and it's amazing. Yeah. I, I think I agree. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree that it's amazing. I think I agree that it's really happening. Yeah. But like many of these movies, Swiss Army Man 2, you could make a case for it solely being in the person's head and it would still kind of work out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I think in Swiss Army Man Swiss it is. Swiss Army Man, I, yeah, that is the text. Yeah, that is the text of the film. <laughs> it's been too long since I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just now picturing the very last scene <laughs> where, where we all get clued in on that. Um, well, no, but the, the very end, I, I don't want to spoil Swiss Army Man, but the very end makes you question that conclusion again. But I think you mean the last, like, sequence of 10 minutes or something. Yeah, yeah. The, the last beat of the movie, who knows <laughs> at that point. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, let's see. Anything else to talk about in seriousness uh, or, or, in, or in comedy about this film? I, I, do, I, do I like, think I'm tapped out. I do like this film has... You know, we've seen a lot of films in the last uh, year. Um, things like Soul and uh, other films that I can't remember off the top of my mind that sort of have a big kind of crowning moment where somebody realizes all the joys that they that they have in their everyday yep. life and get to, to realize it. I love how this film takes that and just explodes it out to a million and is like, Oh yeah. It's, it's a fight scene where she is disarming people with their true joy and happiness. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's not her. Obviously she has the realization for herself in that moment. She realizes that her husband loved her and like was actually a good guy and technically gives her everything that she actually really wants in life. And like, all that's great. But then as, as this swarm of people try to take her out, she just one by one disables them by giving them a puppy or (laughs) giving them like the thing that they truly desire and just like spreads joy instead of violence. And it was, it was very, uh, it was very, very cute and fun and, and hilarious just to see each person get what they want. It's like she like is Santa emotionally for a second. Just yep. gives everybody everything they need. Yeah, I, that was that was great. It also you talked about her husband giving her everything she really wants. And that reminded me not just because you're talking about the husband, the very beginning of the movie where we see security camera footage behind her while she is like doing something and we see her husband suddenly start like doing like gymnastics and fight moves and stuff like that. Yeah. I still want to know what the reality of that is. Like were bad guys <laughs> coming for them there and he fought them in the background I, I think or he... is his character just like comes in and does stunts because that's how he knows how to move through the world. I, I think he was, uh, he was taking care of the laundromat. I think he was like literally, mm-hmm like doing like an hour's worth of work in the 30 seconds while she was running upstairs because he knew he would have a chance because they were they were about to have to leave. So he was like fixing the change machine, uh, probably fixing like he was basically prepping the laundromat to still function in their absence because yep. he was about to take <laughs> her but to it, but it, Is that just regular husband or is that time jumping husband? Oh, that, who that, has that, that was that was powers. The, yeah, I think that was the first jumping husband like he. OK, yeah, because that was the first thing where we like we think something's weird. And then yep. when they're riding the elevator up to the to the IRS level and then he like pops out, turns weird, throws up the umbrella, blocks the thing. I like too that like the umbrella was the weird thing that was happening in that elevator, right? <laughs> Yeah, like it, if he would have just pulled out a phone and like connected a th- like headphones on, no one on security would have been like, uh, what's the, that's, that's it. But <laughs> I, I do also like the, in that scene when this like after everything goes crazy there at the end, the security guards come in and they're like, this guy is nothing. He's not a threat. But <laughs> when he becomes a threat is when he starts eating chapstick and they're like, OK, something's wrong with this guy. <laughs> it's like and it's he's not even in the fighting stance yet. It's just like, OK, we got a crazy one here. Yep. <laughs> and fighting people with a fanny pack. I, I just love how like complete this husband character is. <laughs> and the whole movie, you know how in like especially in a Pixar Disney movie or like, let's say Mitchell's versus the machines or something too. Um, there will often be a beat toward the end of the movie where a parent 
or otherwise some character who is known for specific quirks, their quirk suddenly becomes a superpower. Like it becomes the way that they save the day as they fight a bunch of baddies. This movie just has a million of those. Like this is, this movie is just all that. Like everything about any of these people in their life, anything they thought they wanted to do, anything about the personality gets blown out and turned into this kind of joyful fight. And I think it just... There was something about that high that reminded me of like watching the third act of a kid's movie, but just like nonstop. Yeah. Um, We're probably about done. The only thing I want to talk mechanically about real fast is this is this is not a nitpick. It's just the one thing that I don't understand. Like obviously I don't understand a lot of the stuff, but I'm I'm totally on board with it. The one thing I'm I'm still like I don't know if they ever try to explain it. I know, I know a character says something, but I, I was kind of like, I, I, didn't, I didn't catch how that works. How does being aware of all the multiverses and being dialed in enough let you rearrange the molecules in each of the universes to, you know, explode somebody into confetti and stuff like that? There, there was something about like, like, like obviously earlier in this episode, I just called it, she became Neo and she was the one right. um, because that's basically what's happening. But I, I don't understand the mechanics of... Like, can it theoretically anybody reach that point? <laughs> or is there something yeah, special? Well, I, mean, I mean, she created the donut. So. Yeah, I can tell you metaphorically. I don't know mechanically. I think metaphorically, like, the daughter has been, like, black-pilled or irony-pilled or whatever, you know, where you realize everything is bullshit. Yeah. And the mom is the positive version of that, where she realizes that everything is joyful and wonderful. Mechanically... I don't know how they get to that point. I I think in this universe, and one thing that would say this is a movie about a daydream or about this family, you know, just like the Lego movie is very like centered around the main character who has the world built around them, is that the only people with any particularly interesting powers to change the universe are the mother and daughter, not necessarily because of something intrinsic to them, but just because that's how the movie wants to hold it. But then in the text of the movie, the mother was so overbearing due to her own failure that she honed her daughter into this person who had to be thrust into evil in a way that has never happened to anyone else in the history of the world. (laughs) So the movie would have you say, the mother is unique in the number of things she's failed at and the number of things she's wanted to do. And that unique lineage makes them neos in a way that other people just aren't. What? But I don't know why they can manipulate space time. Yeah. But I, but I think Steven is, it wasn't even the her from this reality, right? It's, she has been this way across all the realities and mm-hmm. somehow, somehow they became aware of each other. And that, that build of the sorrow and sadness built up across all the multiverses to create the donut <laughs> and that's, or sorry, the bagel. And that's what allowed her to. Yeah. So, so all particles can jump basically like all the sadness particles can jump into one donut or is it a multidimensional donut? Uh, bagel. Bagel. I incepted you. In my reality, it's a donut. It's an everything donut. (laughs) Yeah, I hope you said donut first. I said donut first, but I corrected it. And then you just only heard the mistake. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You got to think about the joy, Stephen, the corrections of life. (laughs) Yeah, I need need to think about all the times you said bagel before that. (laughs) (sighs) All right. We done here, Stephen? (laughs) 
we're done all right we found the joy that is uh talking about this film and now we're gonna go talk about another film which uh is uh much much more normal <laughs> than this one now, same energy level for sure <laughs> all right thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you in the next one bye bye hey you know motherfuckers want to get weird